not a joke. You know, it's, it's uh, it, because you got to remember people taking time out of their day, uh, out of their life to hear from God, uh, especially when it's, when it's a book that's about, you know, helping others. Or, or so anytime someone steps out of themselves, out of themselves to help someone else, you've got to kind of take that seriously. What's going on? Come on in, man. Good morning, guys. Uh, anytime somebody takes uh, time to step outside of themselves to write uh, material for the sake of helping others, uh, you've got to take that seriously uh, because most people, first of all, most people are incapable of stepping outside of themselves. Secondly, most people are incapable of stepping outside of themselves for the sake of others. And we got Miss Haynes just came in the building. You'll be right there. You'll be right there. And so one of the one of the the the, the hard things for people to do uh, is step outside of themselves. Hey, hey, kids, can you come in here and cut the light on for me. <laughs> We're all about professionalism here on this show. Uh, that's right, folks. It's all about being professional at all times. Uh, listen, one one of the <laughs> one of the things that uh, I, I try to tell people when when people. Uh, a lot of times I know for a fact that uh, you don't want to listen to other people. You don't want to listen. Like, how do people know your life? Here's the problem that I have with the philosophy of you only listening to you when it comes down to uh, who can speak into your life, who can. Uh, hey, kids, can you give me some lotion? I've been an ass you all day. The elbows look like silverbacks. Anyway, uh, the, the point that I'm making is that you know that, that a lot of times people don't want to listen to anyone other than themselves the problem with that thinking is how many times have you gotten yourself in a bad situation and you'll keep trusting you you'll keep listening to you no matter how many times you mess yourself up <laughs> and then someone else who treat who doesn't hurt themselves the way you do will try to give you some advice that you don't want to listen uh, and so when I, when I, uh, see things like that, I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe you, maybe you do need to read some self-help books. Maybe you do need to get in your word more, increase your prayer life. Listen, the Bible says wise men seek wise counsel. Everybody absolutely has somebody that can speak into their life. Uh, and, and so, uh, I want to encourage you to kind of ask yourself, how much, how much do you trust yourself? But who in your life do you allow to speak into you? And with that being said, I want to introduce everybody to Miss Tiff, Mrs. Tiffany Hayes. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Yep. You put this on. Now, the reason why I, I introduce like this is because this is a voice. Uh, now, you guys know that that I I, I keep people, you know kind of at a distance, uh, especially as far as speaking into my life, because I do have a lot of crazy people that uh, always got something to say. So I'm very, I, but I listen, you know, just to, you, know, you can, that's how you find out people are crazy now, you got to listen. But the point is that Tiffany is a voice that uh, I got to say, you, you have such a soft spirit and you do, you have, you know what I mean? I don't you know, know if you're at home, you might be fussing, throwing pans and stuff. <laughs> But you have such a, a soft uh, spirit that I totally uh, see you as a voice that, that people can uh, hear. But also you have a ministry or a, a business organization called Think and Renew. Mm -hmm. 
Tell us a little bit about that because a lot of people need renewing in their thinking. Mm -hmm. So Think and Renew is just what it says. It, it's a um, company that helps others, uh, specifically women, to think and renew, um, taking the negative thoughts captive. Let's look uh, by us looking at the truth behind it. Why are you resonating or why is that thought resonating with you? And as we delve deeper into why that negative thought is resonating, then we can actually look at the, the thought patterns that led us to that point. And once we actually see the thought patterns, then we'll be able to actually dissect going in the future of how to backtrack and actually replenish, well, replenish our soul rather with the truth of the Lord. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, thanks for the lotion, kid. Uh, so here's the thing though. Um, Obviously, you know, the, 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 the it's so interesting that you say, you know, mainly for women, because it's like, well, we free our women uh, mentally, then obviously that means we free our men mentally, too, because women affect men. And it's like, oh, well, if you free the men and the women, then you also free the children, which is freeing the men and the women. <laughs> All it takes is one person to be free and the the family can come out. Absolutely. And that goes, um, what you just said resonates with me because it goes back to epigenetics, where through the bloodline, different traumatic events may actually have happened to my grandparents or great grandparents. And when different things trigger that, um, that response, then I'm actually reacting instead of yeah. responding to something based off of what has happened in the generational lineage. Yeah. And so once we renew our minds and our responses are different, then we're teaching our children and we're teaching those that are around us that, hey, you don't have to react this way. You can actually respond in a better way. By by doing that, we actually curve the curveball right. of what's next. Yeah. And I want to let everyone know how awesome I am personally that I have a friend who can actually say and know the meaning of epigenetics that makes me extremely happy and i feel like i have uh like, like i'm smart now because i did have to do some sentence structure breakdown and absorb what that actually meant uh and i do appreciate you being so, so good it's so like i ah, got it yep sure right along with you i did the head bob and everything all right so here's the thing uh, I know that in the spirituality, we like to say generational curses and things like that. And that's literally kind of what you're talking about changing is that the, the thinking pattern, uh, which unfortunately is so neglected uh, in our modern society of, I think, okay, watch this. I think that we are deep by nature. I think, but the society pushes the depth aside and you know we settle for surface level mm. while neglecting the real need and the nutrient like say constant for say uh, a word like rejection we're completely neglectful of the impact that rejection has on a child and then we bury it and then we try to mm -hmm. you know and so how do we because I could totally see a person being afraid to think and renew because you have to open up the wound again. And I've worked so very hard in burying. How do we get how do we deal with that? Well, I think that what you just said was loaded by itself. Um, so if I can just kind of Absolutely. reconstruct. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, what you reference is that we're deep by nature and you reference the spirituality of us. And so some of us, of course, we we are all spiritual beings having a humanistic experience. That's that's right. Stephen Covey, right? 
But with that, we are spirit, soul, and mind. So our spirit, what I've shared with a group of, of women not too long ago is that my spirit is fully loaded. It is my soul that prevents me from actually de delving into the abundance of what my spirit, uh, what the Lord has already fulfilled or the seed that he's already implanted in each and every one of us. And so when we are um, just moving forward with what you just referenced, when we are moving into unpacking, if I can just say Pandora's yeah, yeah, yeah. box, um, <laughs> the wound that we've allowed to scale over so that we're not allowing others to see our frailties or our vulnerabilities, yeah. um, what we actually do is we just put a band-aid over something that's still oozing out and so our again going back to the past or generational curses or what our grandfathers did or grandmothers or whomever uh if it was not from a healthy way and we've learned how to react to those same you know experiences then what we are doing is we're keeping the same band-aid from grandmother to yeah to yeah the, to the mom, to the door, to the daughter, or or son, or whomever, and so again, going back to who we are, we have to first, in my opinion, go to our Father first. Allow Him to dissect not only the spiritual part of us, but our soul. Why is this bothering me? Why did I react this way? What is the proper response? Because some of us do not know the proper response. And to take it even further, why was my response this way? Because my feelings were, were hurt. Why were my feelings hurt? So it's a, it's a full, if I can say, like a seven-layer cake of getting deeper well, into that. Yeah, and I agree 100%. The thing is, is that, okay, so people like to say, Duke, you're long-winded. Yes and no. You know, the, the truth of the matter is that I understand how delicate, and I understand those layers, and I communicate to those layers. What I find is that people don't see themselves in that in the layered sense and they don't even value themselves enough to give themselves the solution because they have created this uh quick version of how to heal themselves oh, i'll just do this instead i'll just i'll just forget about it i'll just black out i'll just make my i'll just drink i'll just eat i'll just do something other than give this thought the time it actually needs to find resolve um and, and again, I think that's because the pace of our culture, our society, doesn't have time. I didn't even work at nine o'clock in the morning. You don't have. When do you have time to self-reflect and get that meditation, if you will, on the real things that you need? I don't see our society offering that time, and so this is something you have to take. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And my concern with even thinking renew is it's kind of like a personal trainer in a way the person you're trying to help has to want help mm -hmm. to the point where they're going to take the time to focus because mm -hmm. i'm like you're my friend i want you to be wealthy i want you to but if if people don't take the time you're out of a job mm -hmm. that's creepy because people have to value themselves mm -hmm. and society is not going to give them this time they have to value themselves enough to take it. How do you convince a person that they have time to think about what they need emotionally, mentally, and spiritually? I don't have to convince them. What I find is when you're hurt enough, you'll go seek help. Right. And so many times, um, it's certainly with the women that I have had the privilege and the opportunity of walking along with um, or walking beside them, 
they were at a point of wanting more. And and for our society, you referenced that a couple of times, yeah. our society wants more and we want more and we want more. And it's a continual um, desire to want more. more. But until we stop and actually smell the roses, if you will, and acknowledge that the beauty is all around us and whatever is in my soul that's preventing me from smelling that, then that means that I need to go a little further so that I can further number one so that i can smell the roses and further number two so that i can take away or or allow the wall to come crumbling down so i can <laughs> right. actually be present instead of continuing to do more and more and more because that's what we were we don't it, it, you know it's it's almost like everything that's important is out there but all this stuff, the, the stuff that's on the inside, I, they used to get you know, all all that, you know, forget the 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 things that hurt your feelings or the set, you know what I mean? Uh, and and uh, the the thing is, I think that uh, I, I I it breaks my heart now that women are in a way, you know, learning how to neglect their inner being the way men have been told to do in this society, mm. and it's like, oh no, <laughs> don't don't do that. You don't want to do that because. I personally believe that men are actually more emotional than women uh, because, uh, you know, in one sense, it's almost like we're told to ignore them, but then we keep ending up in emotional situations that we also have to neglect, uh, which is a, that's a total, total roller coaster that drives you insane. But women were at least given a permission, like platform, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Women talk about their feelings and this and that. Uh, and and I, I pray that women never give that up because it's so important to talk about it. Um, at the same time, I see as women are with the, the uh, since the, the liberation movement and all that stuff and women aren't being as oppressed and, and equality, you're starting to see that same, unfortunately, trap where women are chasing money, chasing this, and then finding out afterwards that what was important was self-identity. I have to ask you, uh, with the abusive nature of our culture, where it's dressed like this, look like this, you know, wear this, how does a woman survive mentally under all of these, like everything's after a woman's mind, you know what I mean? How do you, I mean, walk out the door and feel good enough when it's like, oh, you, you're not, you don't look like this. You don't wear that. I mean, that just, I, I, I literally wake up and I'm like, I'm glad I'm a dude because mm. no one cares what I look like. <laughs> but you know, that's a lot of unnecessary pressure. I would assume so, but fortunately I don't think that way. And perhaps because I have certainly take held or hold on to, I have the mind of Christ. And when I am feeling any way of in reference to comparison or anything of that nature, I go back to the word. word yeah. And so that is a form of thinking and renewing. And with the women that I have, again, had the privilege of walking alongside and have the privilege of walking alongside, I honestly have not heard them say too much of the comparison of they're expecting me to do this or that outside of I want to be present for my family or I want to be present for my husband. Yeah. So it's more of a how can I be better versus how can I be better compared to yeah. and that would be a death trap if that's how I think it, it, it might, you know what it might be it might be an age thing mm -hmm. because the marketplace obviously tried to make 
you know, young women and men feel insecure about finances or being cool or being able to do this and that is. And then so there is something very sobering about becoming a parent that makes you be like, I don't care what people think. I got to raise this kid. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? There is something very freeing about that where you're not part of that, you know, I don't have the $400 pair of shoes and all that stuff. Like, I mean, I got pampers about it. So, I mean, there is a maturing there. But, but I do think that there's an inner conversation mm-hmm. where people don't know how to give themselves credit. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to. I think it's amazing. And please address this. Why is it easier to criticize yourself than it is to say, I did a good job? Right. Well, our minds, our brains are already formulated to fix a problem. And so when we see a problem, it's almost like it's on repeat until the problem is fixed. So if we see something to criticize and intellectually, we're thinking it's a problem. I have to fix it. So when again, if you were to tell me that I'm doing something wrong, alert is happening. There's a problem. How can I fix it? And so it's, again, our brains are catered to look at something as the problem to fix versus right. it's everything. It's okay. We can relax. So, so, so basically I tell you, you did a good job. You're like, okay, cool. What's next? Oh. Is that about right? Right. And you're Absolutely. like, well, yeah, but tell me that is, that, but, but it's, it, I, I, it resonates with me because it's like, I could do a billion things right, but I'm going to, you know, come down hard on myself. The one thing that, but if one person says something bad about me, I'm like, what are these things? And a million people could say, Duke, you're awesome. You're great. But I'm going to listen to that one person that said something bad. Is that, is that actually, do so you think that's a normal thing? I think it's normal, but I also want to caveat that by saying that different personalities may fall a little bit more prey to that, along with different wounds that we may have, um, the way that we perceive and our perception of um, different things. So it's a couple of different things that can either move the pendulum one way or the other. Um, so I think it's it's a great exercise to make sure that you were just paying attention to the patterns that's not as beneficial to us. Yeah, I, I do have to ask you about relationships because I, I definitely think that relationships have an effect on how we think and how we think about ourselves, how we perceive lives. Let's say uh, I have a friend that just criticizes everything. Mm-hmm. How would that uh, negatively affect a person, uh, you know, being around just negative people? Well, one, as a coach, I would say remove yourself from negative people um, because what, again, what we do from just a brain science perspective, our brains go into fix mode. If there's a problem, then I'm going to try to fix it. And if I'm around someone who is continually pointing out problems, then I'm continually trying to fix something. So instead of me being present with the person and just kind of hanging out together, enjoying each other's company, you're no longer a relaxing person for me to be around or someone that provides peace or security. You're someone that actually puts me into work mode, if I can say it that way. Not only for that, but if you're criticizing someone, then that means you're probably criticizing me as well. And that's not healthy for me because I'm already, number one, probably criticizing myself on top of the fact that now you're coming with, you're coming towards me with negative um, information. Now, the reason why I ask that is because most people genuinely are surrounded by negative people. And and, then what's sad about that is that the reason why they can't let them go, because it's a familiarization to their family. Mm. Now, the interesting thing that I've I've seen is that that a lot of people, when, when I talk to them, 
they talk about how critical their family was, and then they find a group of friends or whatever that kind of resembles that same criticism. But then that becomes a comfortable excuse of why they don't achieve the goals and dreams that they uh, attempt or uh, try to try to achieve. Uh, how 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 difficult is it to create new habits inside your mind that would give you the strength to be brave enough to uh, change your environment? So if we were to just take it from an active, so the verb tense of, um, of creating a new habit, some say it's a cycle of 21 days, others say it's three cycles of 21 days. So the verdict is still out and in, in based off of which one you want to believe in. I'm going to go with the three cycles of 21 days. So that's the activity that's putting feet to what you're saying you're going to create as okay. far as the habit. As far as your mind, you're not only battling to the actual, let's say you're, you're getting up to work out. You're not only, only battling with the activity of getting up, but you're also battling what's going on in your mind. Do I want to sleep in or do I want to lay down? So I would say, think about your why. Why is this important? Why are you doing it? What is the benefit of this? So if I can just go back to yeah. um, the question or the, the synopsis that you provided, as far as hanging out with negative people and then going to find the same negative people, I would ask as a coach, how does this serve you? Because no one does anything that does not serve them in some way, right? And so even if the, serv the servitude is for you to have an excuse for you not to live out your dream, that gives you a reason to not live out your dream. Therefore, it gives you a reason to tell someone else to make it look like I've attempted or I tried. Well, trying has never been good enough. Either you do it or you don't. But it's your it's your choice whether you do it or you don't. And so if you're going to if you're leaving one toxic relationship to go to another again, as a coach, I would ask, how is this serving you? And be honest about how it's serving you. And depending on how it is. Let's then go a little deeper as to why is it serving you this way? Is this something that you're going to be um, happy about in five years from now? Is this a life of regret or are you, are you setting up a life that you will, on your, on your final days, would you look back and say, I'm glad that I made this choice? Yeah, because at the end of the day, uh, I think this is... This, I, I am not condoning this at all, but I'm just saying I, I do think this is a lot of reason why people try to spiritualize staying in toxic relationships or or uh, abusive relationships, maybe because it's you know it's it's uh so with 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 sounds <laughs> about some of the ridiculous things I've heard um, with the Bible, you know you have to have patience for people and this mm -hmm. and that. so you'll you'll use that to stay because a lot of people are. A lot of people are afraid of conflict. And so the Bible really is a great place to hide out. And you can totally manipulate the word of God uh, to where you're like, oh, well, I'm supposed to bring peace, which means I can't bring conflict, which means I can't speak up for myself because that would bring conflict and it would shake up the peace and then it would be my fault. So now I have permission to be a coward and stay in this toxic relationship. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. You you can you can play all types of games with these exaggerations and use the same words that were meant to bring peace and wholeness to us. When what is some of the process to get a person to say like what does it take to get a person to say, hey, this is a toxic situation and you are valuable 
and you deserve because I've actually talked to people who do not see their value. How do you talk to a person that feels like they deserve chaos and dysfunction and you know uh, they just can't see their value? How do you how do you get that person to see uh, who they are? Is, or is, it, is it even possible? I think that no, let, well, let me back up. It's not my or yours or anyone else's job besides the Holy Spirit to get someone to see something. We can point out the value that someone has. We can point out their attributes. We can point out how, how awesome they are. But it is that person's belief that actually shifts their life. Right. So if you if I say to yeah. my husband, Solomon, you are just so beautiful. And I say that often and he really is that beautiful. However, if he doesn't believe it for himself, it doesn't matter what I tell him. The that the the cup is that always is running. Yeah. Right. It's it's always running out. The water in the cup is always running out. There's an, a hole at the bottom because there's no belief there to sustain what I'm saying. It's not resonating because I don't believe it. And so then what I would do again as a coach would be what are the 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 thoughts that you have? What are some of the main thoughts that you have about yourself? Mm -hmm. How does this resonate with you? Where where's the, the the derivative of this thought? Who told you that? Right. Right. When we're talking about identity, if we were to go back to Adam and Eve, when God asked Adam where you were and what and, and for Adam to say, hey, yep. I'm here and this is what I have on. And, I'm, and, you know, he's exposed. Then the Lord said, who told you that? So our identity many times are spoken into our lives. Right. And so if we believe the lies that we are hearing, then our identity and we don't value our uh, value ourselves, then our identity and our belief goes ourselves. right along with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So and this is why this is kind of the reason why I brought up the whole negative people, because I know that's one of the biggest struggles is, you know, trying to find where you fit uh, in the society, especially once you're launched up out of high school and you're or launched up from college and uh yeah, well, it's I, I guess uh, I be, yeah, '90s kids are a little different than today because you know kids are doing everything on the phones. But when you were, more, you definitely were more social uh, in, 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 in the '90s, and um, and people's influence was more. In, 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 and interesting enough, with social media, it's more of an attack on the mind than even with like I got breaks. You know, what I mean, if we were bullied in the '90s, you know, you got a break. You know, you like you could go home and woo, play this. You know, just disconnect from humans. Not today. I mean, you're you're constantly, you know, people can, and then you put your thoughts out there and you watch other people comment on your thoughts. You're like, oh man, I, that was mine. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be taken that way. How do you deal with that today, uh, especially for first of all, why is mental health so neglected? I think in, in some <coughs> circles it's not. In some circles it is. And some I think it's just neutral. Um, but if it is neglected, uh, I, I wouldn't know the answer to that. I can just speculate. And one of that, uh, one of the speculations that I would assume is not seeing the value in um, in mental health um, or or the he staying healthy of our mental health. Guys, 
Do you guys realize that we just had a person on the radio show right now that just said, I, I don't know, which I've in 20 years of interviews, I've never had a person who didn't just try to come up with something to say. And you actually were strong enough to say, I don't know. That's like, you're my hero, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like I've never, I've never, no, because usually someone has to have an answer, right? I feel like there's, and this is what I meant about the piece about the way you think you have the ability one to say, okay, I see where this person's going. Like, like, even as a coach, you said, let's, let's step back. Because I think a lot of times when people are even venting, they do talk about the problem, but they trample over the solution as well. And you make a person think about what they said. You make, you, you do a very good job of really listening and getting a person to see, hey, this is happening. This is happening. and I, I think that's amazing. But for you to be able to be on radio and and, and then say, um, I can totally see you as a person to say, you know what? Let me think more about that. Versus having to have an answer, you know what I mean? And uh, that that's such a. Where did you get that habit from, or was that something that you had to learn how to do? I think it just it's it just happens if you don't know you don't know um, and I also think that we are individually the experts of who we are I can't tell you how you feel or how you think or anything of that nature I can only hear the words that you're speaking out of the heart the mouth speaks so I hear you by the words that you're speaking but I don't know exactly how you're because you don't know how I interpret words either you don't I don't yeah. know your perception I don't know how you interpret I only hear what you're saying so so with that being said in in a relationship you know when you know, it's like don't you think that's important for a couple to say, hey, let's learn how we use words together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Solomon and I talk all the time. We enjoy each other's company. And one of the reasons why we enjoy each other's company, from my perspective, is because we don't try to filter each other. And so if I'm using the wrong vocabulary, then... I tell him exactly what I mean to say. I may just use the wrong vocabulary and vice versa, but giving each other the space and the grace to be able to share how we're feeling so that I can yeah. share my heart. That's where we are. You know, I just realized uh, everyone knows that Crystal jobs be crazy. Right. And so uh, she'll say, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. And I'm like, what do you think of stupid? That's not what she's saying. She's saying like, you're, you you don't understand how I'm seeing this. And before I always thought it was an attack on my intellect. And I was like, wait, wait, the whole time you were just saying, I didn't understand what you were saying. You know, it would be hilarious. You know what I mean? Uh, but it is the equivalent of misunderstanding. You, you guys remember the Verizon commercial where they misunderstand the text messages and they take it the wrong way because you're receiving words you know what I mean? It's like, hey, do you want to hang out around two o'clock? You say, oh, hang around two o'clock? Sure. And I hear, sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Total same word, same answer. And I heard, sure. But you totally like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Sure. And I'm like, what do you mean, sure? <laughs> you know, and it can totally turn into a train wreck. 
So when do we take the time to learn in this busy schedule, this busy world, and, this, and, and when do we take the time to learn, how, especially in a relationship perspective, how does a couple take time to learn how to communicate? When you get tired of hurting. When it comes you get back tired, to that. When you, when you get tired enough, when you're hurt enough, you'll stop. Anyone with a wound, if it's gaping, if it's a gaping hole and it's bleeding, you're going to stop and tend to the wound. Now, either you put on the protective gear first, i.e. learn how to communicate with each other, know how important and valuable our mental health is, how our relation, how important our relationships are. That's putting on the proper gear first so that when we are encountering each other, we're able to use our vocabulary well or share how we're feeling if we don't know the right words to use. Or we can just run out, get on the motorcycle, if I can use that as yeah. that's just an example, without the helmet, without any protective gear, get hit, we roll off the bike or what have you, <laughs> and now we have to actually stop. And in hindsight, think I should have put on the proper gear. I'm just saying put on the proper gear first so that you'll know and be prepared when different things or life just happens. All right, everybody. We're here with Tiffany Hayes, Mrs. Tiffany Hayes, uh, uh, owner of Think and Renew and author of the book Devoted and several other titles. When we get back, we're going to talk more about the book Devoted, why she wrote the book, what the book's about. But I wanted you guys to see how awesome her mind actually is in uh you know, and, and you guys uh, are, are one of my favorite couples uh, in the world. I think the world of you guys, you guys are amazing. You do such a great job uh, being an example of what a team is. Uh, and I think that this is this is, a, is an extreme blessing to even have you in the studio. Uh, we're going to be right back with we'll play a couple songs, and we will be right back with Miss Tiffany Hayes, Mrs. Tiffany Hayes. We always did this, but Miss, Miss, what does it matter? Everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. It matters. Uh, here we go. Uh, All righty. And now we're gonna. We're gonna come back in in a second. Okay. All right, there we go. We're back with Mrs. Tiffany Hayes, and uh, she is the author of the book Devoted, and uh, she's the owner of Think and Renew, mom, wife, uh, just a, a super great spirit, super wonderful spirit. I, I do have to ask, you know, uh, obviously none of us are perfect. We have those downtime, right? You know, like, but how do you minister to yourself when you're down and out and you're, you're not feeling positive on the inside? How do you get back to that positive place? Well, my, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> well, my daily, uh, semi-daily routine about six days a week, if not seven, uh, is journaling, praying um, to my father first. In the morning, on the weekdays, it starts at seven o'clock, right? And that is a everyday ritual for me. 
Um, I also um, just kind of process things through. I don't want to be a hypocrite when I'm helping someone else and I would share what to do or suggestions to someone else without me doing it. And so um, I would say I kind of just process things through and I talk to my husband a lot yeah. about just different things. Uh, if it's, you know, bad, good or indifferent, just to get it out. Um, I am a, um, a communicator out. I need to get the things out. And yeah. so my I am blessed with an amazing husband who listens to me often. Yeah. And so all of those things um, are, are the things that I, that I do. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because um, I know that sometimes that for leaders, uh, spiritual leaders, it's like you don't have because everyone's pulling from you. So you don't have someone. That gives because and I do gotta tell everybody this is why it's so important that you you one you marry the right person so you can actually say what she just said. Uh uh but you don't you know, don't be out there like especially just don't marry weird people. Sorry, because a lot of times you, you gotta be equally yoked, you have to value yourself enough to know what you need. I just I just believe that you know what you need, and it doesn't matter if this person uh Maybe they got money in the bank. Can they give you what you need? Mm -hmm. And maybe they, maybe they're tall, dark, and handsome. Whatever the situation is, but if they can't give you what they need, uh, what you need, then you know it's a dude or a chick that's in your life. You know, and and we're too. I think we're too valuable to just let anyone in our lives. Oh, um, but you wrote a book called Devoted, amongst mm -hmm. your other books. What is this book about? So Devoted is for, actually, let me just read the subtitle, The Continual Choice for Wives That Extends Through Generations. And so um, as far as Devoted, number one is a choice. And also the book is basically going through from a very like sister, sister girl um, way of just sharing the emotions that we have as women, the legacy that we're building, the choice that we have as wives um, to be present for our husbands, but also the submissiveness, although I know that's like a hot topic alone, um, but not, not, not a, um, a carpet just walk over me, but more so of the order um, that our father, our heavenly father placed as a husband and a wife. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's the summation of the book. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the, we don't have time to talk about the words of the good grief. That's like a four hour show by itself, uh, just because of the way people interpret it. Mm -hmm. But the, the concept uh I love how you put that because it, uh, something like a marriage and a covenant is completely, I think the blessed marriage and a covenant between two people who are doing it right, their story of marriage is completely different mm -hmm. than the people that got married because he fine, she cute. And then it's like, well, you know, that, that, because you go on something like social media and you see how many women see each other mm -hmm. and you're like, you know what? I'm going to get a pet. I mean, I'm going to stay away from relationships. And men and women are like, we're tapping it. We're not doing the marriage thing. But then you meet a couple like you guys and it's just like, well, man, I want to get married. I want to, you know, but it's like, uh, are you paying attention to the responsibilities? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think that comes from watching movies where you watch someone meet fall in love and have grandchildren in an hour and a half without any process or listening to love songs and not considering that some of the greatest love song writers can't even stay married uh because they don't understand process so how do you get husbands and wives 
on that, you know, like that intimate level to say, hey, it, this is this is us. Mm-hmm. You know, this is our this is where we can create our family dynamic. Right. Well, it's interesting because in the beginning of the book, the first chapter is it was all a dream. Right. And so, um, I mean, it's from Biggie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's all good. Like, you can say it. You can say it. Um, however, with that. <laughs> I referenced that because it was just very befitting because in an hour and a half, we see someone else play out the love story that we want. However, in the beginning, when we think about the, the colors of our weddings and what we want um, our day to look like <laughs> and all of those different things, we do not, many times, I don't believe that people consider, at least we didn't, consider how it looked, how it will look when we have a disagreement, when we're not on the same page, how does this look, when this happens, it's X, Y, and Z. And so um, to get on the same page, again, negating the story or the movie itself and thinking about how we want our love story to look and looking at it as the opportunity that we have to create our one and a half uh, one and a half hour story in the 40 or 30 years yeah. or what have you how does that look for our lives and we get to do it together yeah this is first of all she did she really did quote biggie I, I did. that's yeah. pretty that's pretty awesome that's pretty gangster right there all right so um uh, i love what you just said because of the fact that it's like Oh yeah, we, that naivety. Like we're never gonna fight. We're never gonna. It's like, oh man, that's gonna happen. It, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 you if you can't have that fight or flight in that situation, it's like okay, we're gonna stick through this. I even go as far as as as, as you know. It's like, man, because even with friendship, you kind of have to be picky too. Because these are very intimate. I mean, I know we use the words friend on Facebook and all this other stuff, but but there's still an intimacy even with friendship because at the end of the day you know uh say all your friends are coming over and they're friends of you know solomon and tiffany you know but then solomon and tiffany get in fight while the friends are there it's like the friends are like they need this time alone let's just leave and the friends leave but when you get into the who, who's picking whose sides and all that. this is why i mean we have to be careful of everybody we let into our lives uh and i i looked up the definition of the word let it blew my mind away because it meant to allow without restraint wow to allow without restraint to give full permission to so when we let someone become our friend they're going to be who they are and we're we're saying we will relate to this Mm -hmm. and when we let them into our relationship when i decide to let information out about my marriage to my spouse or to my friend or whatever you know they're gonna let it be known what they think about it and this this letting process is very powerful because once you let it happen you can't take it back absolutely so i do have to ask you about uh how do you when you when you have this relationship right how do you do you say hey no one knows about what goes on the inside of this or it, when is it okay to say hey we need help 
with our relationship. Well, let me just piggyback off of what you said first, if I can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So when we're having a disagreement, I'll just say in general, any t- any type of disagreement is a vulnerable state in the first place. Okay. So if you have friends in your home and you're having a disagreement in front of your friends, even if they walk away, but you've already started the conversation or the disagreement, understand that that vulnerability, your raw state is being seen your raw state so without you filtering how things are sounding without you thinking about how the person is perceiving it etc that is being seen and so when you are when you excuse your friends or you excuse yourselves and i would suggest that excuse yourself as a couple have the conversation because no one in my in my humble opinion no one should have that much access or that much access to your raw state besides your Jesus and your spouse. Okay. Okay. And so when you're, if, if you want to share that with your friends, then I would say once you both are calm and you want to share it together, then you're sharing it together. But if someone is in your space while you're having that vulnerability time, then you're allowing, you're letting someone have their own perspective or their perception of what's happening, allowing someone else's mind and their thoughts to have inro on your relationship. That's a no, no. I, I, I do feel like, I do feel like you're, you're definitely closing the rawness off to like, you, you are pretty much made it clear that that's for God and your spouse mm-hmm. that, so that territory of your rawness of who you really are, not who you really are, but maybe who you are, in At this negative sense, that is closed off for God and your spouse. Right. Now, I will say that if you cannot communicate well with your spouse at any time, even if you, you're doing checkups of counseling or, or what have you, go and do that. But have someone, and again, in my opinion, <clears throat> who is a Christian, if you're a Christian, who is a oh, yeah, Christian, yeah, yeah. and That's... allowing that person, you're letting, if I were to use your word again, yeah. you're letting that person come and, and take a seat at your table of vulnerability. Right. Uh, but this has to be qualified, at least emotionally stable person. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't have the town drunk as this person. And then right. you're like, come on, you can't have boo-boo the fool. But but I, I will say this. Uh, the thing about going to mom and dad you know, is a little unfair because there's a biased perspective there. Mm-hmm. I told you not to marry that girl. <laughs> I told you not to marry that fool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so I I definitely would stick with spiritual mm-hmm. or um, uh, professional mm-hmm. because it's just uh, you get your you get your friends and family. It's easy to just find someone that agrees with you. Is what I'm saying. Right. You know what I mean? You don't want to you don't want to do that. Uh, I do like the idea. So that raw state. Not everyone gets the privilege to see you in your raw state. Is that what we're saying? No. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and then the because uh, uh, I've shared my life on Facebook. Everybody's like, "That's Duke in his raw state. He needs to not do that." <laughs> so true, so true, people. But I, I do want to say this. Let's let's use, and I'm not trying to piggyback off celebrities or, or the, but when I see a breakdown like this, I do become concerned about people's mental health and things like that. Thank you, homie. Uh, uh, say the Will Smith situation, right? With with Chris Rock, that was a mental breakdown. Mm. I'm not confused about that. 
You know what I mean? That was a mental breakdown. But I also like when I saw her, like, like the the she kind of just did this hand gesture that said so much to me. Like that was hurt. I saw her hurt. I saw her. everyone was like, "Oh, she's evil. She's this and that." And I was like, "Now that's how a tough person shows hurt." But she was just you know, and it was public. But I think we talk about that raw state being public. The backlash, I think that's kind of why we don't want that to be public. Mm -hmm. You may feel like slapping Chris Rock, but look what happened when you did it. Mm -hmm. The, the yeah. backlash. Am I making sense at all? Yes, it makes sense. You know, because if somebody was joking my wife, I'm Duke. I mean, you know I'm going to do something. Like, that behavior was something you totally could see Duke White doing. Mm. Will Smith, you're like, come on, bro. <laughs> you're fresh friends. You know, you know, you know. But but what what do you think we actually saw there? I think that um, we just we saw a reaction instead of a of, of a response, right? We are we saw a reaction of what was happening, how you felt, right? And so again, if I were to go back to what we started talking about in the beginning, my response is using my vocabulary. My response is it's coming to you more so. Once I calm down a little bit, because if I'm if I'm hyper or if I'm angry, I'm not I'm, I can't even formulate words at that moment. Right. But if I'm at a calmer state, I'm able to actually share with you my response to what you did. And I, I know that uh, it was all, you know, it's in my head now. Right? <laughs> but 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 I, but I because I every it, you're going to see this over and over again at every wedding, mm. you know, it, it's going to happen. You know, because no one plans on a child with a missing leg, a missing limb, mm -hmm. or you know what I'm saying? No one plans on a child with cancer. No one plans on. So, this idea that everything's going to be fine is a naivety that we all have to confront. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I think when, when do we plan for the possibility? Because this is where it gets weird. I don't want to speak negative into the relationship. Mm -hmm. So how do we balance it? How do we just say, hey, realistic, we're going to fight. Mm -hmm. This is how we, this is our uh, conflict plan. Is, is that the, Is that a more mature way of doing it? Or when do you plan on it as it happens? I think the more mature way of doing it is pre-planning. However, we're going to pre-plan our argument. We can pre-plan how valuable, let me rephrase that. We can pre-plan how valuable this person is and anything that is valuable, we're going to care for. We're going to give a little bit of more um, TLC to it because this person is so valuable and we don't just mistreat valuable people. And so if we already have in our minds that this person is valuable to me, that when we have a disagreement, I'm not lashing out at you. And if I do lash out at you, I am I am quick to kind of peel back and apologize for it because you're that valuable. Right. And so that is the pre-planning of it. Meditating on the value of this relationship, I believe will help us when we have the disagreement Versus I'm not thinking about how value, valuable you are. So therefore, I can easily mistreat you because your value is in hindsight. Right. Now, I know that we're talking about relationship and devoted. Uh -huh. Can this transfer over to kids where, where, where you're like the, the, the communication issue, like the, you know, let's say the kid, it, you know, 
uh, is it responding to education the way they should or responding to that maybe they're a little bit rebellious, a little spicy. <laughs> you, know, you know, most parents don't know what to do with a spicy child. You know, when they're spicy, you're like, shut up, mom. You know, you know, like, I know these are real deep issues, but you can't choke your kids. You know what I mean? I mean, no. nah, you kind of can. <laughs> but what do you do? Do you apply those same principles when it comes down to, you know, him and your kid up against the wall? And <laughs> how does that work? Well, I wouldn't recommend hitting any child up against the wall, <laughs> against the wall. But for this book, I would not suggest it to um, a parent and their child. But I would say looking at that child as the value that they are. Scripture says that gifts are, uh, children are a gift, excuse me. And so understanding that the child is a gift and perhaps reading throughout the book can help us with our own emotions. There's a chapter in there that talks about emotions. So it's more, although it's for relationships, it is catered to the, the girl or the woman itself. Yeah. Now, uh, there's the word on the street. I didn't see it. The word on the street. Uh, you know, especially when it comes down to uh, women and their emotions. Dudes have heard the term like happy wife, happy life. Uh, and it's more like the, the especially when you look at all the backlash that's going on TikTok, it's like the, the, the guys are saying the only way to be happy is just to give them their way. Uh, I like to, to deal with that stereotype a little bit because I think, I don't think women want to be seen like that. They're, I think they're smarter than that. I don't think they want to be seen like that. But I think that, that I think the real issue, I don't remember a time in my life where my mom or anyone else sat me down and said, this is how you talk to women. This is it. And so when I'm being real uh, about women and men, I'm like, Dude, when have we had that conversation? I don't like, there's no point in my life. Usually it's a bunch of dudes talking about women and a bunch of women talking about dudes. Mm -hmm. But very rarely are we talking to each other, discovering how we perceive anything. Mm -hmm. How do we get that conversation started in a healthy way? Uh, being vulnerable, in my opinion. Vulnerability is the key to unlock someone's heart, period. If I, if I was trying to be closed off to Solomon, he would not actually know Tiffany. And if he was, if Solomon was trying to be closed off to me, I wouldn't actually know him. And it is in the knowing that I know what makes him upset, what makes him happy, what makes him indifferent when he has the fake smile on his face and I can tell, but no one else can, or if, I, if or vice versa, because of that vulnerability, we know each other. Now, how many times has he given me the fake smile? I have no <laughs> idea. I have, I have no idea. <laughs> But, 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 you know, I, I think about this because I know it with, with us not having that conversation about men and women, and then having that special, especially as men, having that space, special relationship with mom that like, I, maybe I'm not going to generalize, but I know a lot, a lot of men, or I'll say many men, that's 50, <laughs> but many men are aiming at, you know, like a, a, a someone to say, okay, I'm going to get that same connectivity as I did with my mom. 
uh, and then you get in the relationship, and the and the and the woman's like, "I ain't your mother." <laughs> so how do we deal with that balance when you're trying to find that connectivity? Because I think that's ultimately what we all want is connectivity, you, but we want to feel safe. Right. I think that, um, and again, in my opinion, I think it's the connectivity, but I also think that it is what how mama makes you feel. It is the feeling. It is it is a knowing. It's a confidence that my mother has my back. My mother loves me. My mother will not do harm to me. I feel safe with my mother. I can talk to her about anything and she's still there. I have unconditional love with my mother. And when it comes to a relationship of a romantic partner, it is, do I feel safe? Do I feel seen? Do I feel, do I feel, do I feel, and do I know? And that is what mother mothers provide, Fine. and that is what's being sought after for men or women. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So what, it, like, but you know, oh, so then what happens is, a, a, you know, let's say if the dude has taken some extra liberties with that emotional stability, that insecurity that mother provides, and it it, it becomes pacification for other, like you know, like. Uh, in an exaggerated way, like laziness, where it's like now, you know, is where you're now expecting your your wife to do what mom did as far as the laundry and all that other stuff. I mean, I know there's so for those that in this generation, particularly that don't, don't do gender roles, but which I think is fine. Uh, but there's still, I think, the one thing that we can say is true is there is an expectation of being devoted, being committed that. You know, we're not going to get a divorce. That we are going to work it out, mm -hmm. and I think that's I think that's what ultimately shocks at least one in the two parties when that when that, that word shows up when divorce shows up. It's like, oh wait, you may not be here. We're not talking about like getting hit by a car or shot or death. We're talking about you deciding to walk away. Mm -hmm. Like I'm divorced myself. I remember thinking, you know we're going to work this out just because we had kids. You know what I mean? I remember thinking that. And then when I saw, oh no, this person values what they want to do more than they do the family structure. That was a, I mean, for, for some people it's a job. Some people are like, Hey, I, I don't want to be married. My job won't let me be married. Some people, you know, the, their desire, whatever, you know, they, they have these reasons why the family concept doesn't mean as much to them, but, in the beginning stages of that, I feel like that we date the wrong way. That we could, that these are the, some of the conversations we probably should be having dating before <laughs> having after the fact. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It does make sense. And as you were sharing in reference to some people choosing to be divorced after having the mind state of I'm going to be devoted. Like, I don't think anyone goes, walks down the aisle, spends thousands of dollars while hiring Solomon Hayes photography to take their, <laughs> to take their, their photography at their wedding or yeah. videography. No one walks down the aisle thinking this is not going to last past however many years. Yeah. So they have, I believe, have the mindset that this is until death do its part. But I think in that the nuance is a huge nuance, but understanding that both parties still has free will. So even though you may be set on the devotion, 
the other party also has to be set on the devotion. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not connected in that, and someone has a wandering eye looking at different options that they have, then unfortunately you're dealing with someone that isn't devoted. Yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that uh, that is a conversation that def yeah, definitely should be had beforehand. Um, and I also believe that with with that naive you know like asking questions like what is what does love mean to you mm -hmm. like having these conversations so you can get a perimeter of like oh like you said sharing those words um i want you to do me a favor and address this because i never heard it before and i only told a bunch of dudes about this uh, so I was like, I'd love to hear it from a woman's perspective. Uh, and so and, and for those of you who watch this later on, please comment. And, uh, but so when we were on the Peace Walk, we uh, were interviewing people. We interviewed this lady and uh, we were talking about one of the questions we asked is how they viewed relationships, right? And the lady said that for a woman, and I, that's, that's why I, I'd love to hear from someone else, but she said, you know, that the world is completely different because the most dangerous person, the most dangerous thing to a woman is a man mm -hmm. in their reality. So she said that in order to find out her man's temperament, she had to purposely make him angry to see how he responded. And I was like, that sounds like a horrible idea. You're gonna, you, nothing's wrong. You're gonna make something wrong to find out how I handle my temper. But at the same time, I'm like, it's a horrible idea, but it's genius. You know, to find out someone, because if you ask me how I handle my temper, I'm gonna be like, it's not that bad. Because I can handle my temper. You know what I mean? To me, a hole in the wall, you flip the car over, burn down the city, not a big deal. We'll be fine tomorrow. You know what I mean? Out at a nice restaurant, <laughs> you know. What do you say to that? You know, like how, like how do you find out the areas that we may not be? If I'm, not, if I'm, if we're not familiar with our own, like, like I just thought that was a genius idea, horrible idea, but at the same time genius. But how do we find out these areas about ourselves when you're trying to have a relationship? So if someone to say. Hey, how do you handle anger? Are you a yeller? Are you a screamer? Mm -hmm. Is that something that needs to be asked before we put the ring on? I think uh, I, <coughs> I would definitely say yes, um, but I wouldn't so much say just ask the question. And I think that that lady um, the, making up that simulation was pretty, pretty good. Uh, I, my I, life <laughs> is on the line, man. <laughs> um, but I do think that the question, another question that you can ask, I'll say it this way, is how do people respond when you're angry? Okay, because then that will give you Love insight it. to how your your how others look or view or perceive you when you're in that state. Because simply you reference that I know how I handle it. Well, we can handle our pain. But someone else, pain tolerance, may not be able to handle that. So it gives you a gauge of how you're affecting the people around you, simply. Because right? like you said, you need to talk. Absolutely. I need time. I need to talk. I need to process it through. Okay? Is that the process? The exactly. So you need time 
to not talk first, then time to talk. Sometimes it depends on what it is. Either I feel like it needs to be addressed now. So it's all an hour having a conversation. Now, if it's appropriate, um, if it isn't, I'm, I'm processing it. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to truly minister to me. Uh, because one thing that I don't want, again, is to respond or react rather in, in a um, sore or a raw state. We do more damage when we're raw, when we're exposed. We were able to actually have a more mature conversation when we're able to process first, put our perspectives and look at it from different angles, all of those different things to properly, properly consume and embrace what just happened so that I'm responding based off of what happened, not just how I feel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I think uh, I haven't seen really anything work out too well with raw emotion <laughs> you saying stuff that you don't mean you just making more of a mess mm -hmm. now i'd say so with me coming out of the military uh it's definitely harder because like i can fuss people out and it sound like poetry you know what i mean because i'm just like it's just uh it's, that's awesome you be like he's a gangster rapper he's not a man of god but uh you know but but it's it's, it's it was like so when you know that you're able to do that but but and, and I know that we use the term petty, uh, but a lot of times it's that rawness that we deal with. Um, I, I would have to ask this because of the fact that, you know, um, I do believe that often, even when we're trying to have a better, maybe a better relationship than what our predecessors had, like our mother, brother, we still can end up in error if we're not learning how each other responds to uh, certain things. Like, like say you use the word vulnerability a lot. Mm -hmm. This is challenging for men, especially mm -hmm. because when we all get together, we say, man, you tell a girl, I know the fellas be like, man, he breaking bro code. Trying to help us all out, fellas. But but here's the deal is that it was a man, if you're vulnerable, she's gonna use it against you later on. So if I cry on my, my girl's shoulder and then uh, then the next week, you know, something happens, and I'm like, I, woman, I said no. <laughs> and she's like, Okay, remember that when you cry, you know, you know, you need a shoulder. Oh, you bring up old stuff. Why are you bring that? This just happened two hours ago, but why are you bring that up? How do we deal with that where uh, where uh a man feels safe being vulnerable with his woman. There's a couple of things that come to mind with that. I'll first start off with this. It's about three um, points here. The first one is, is it just a woman, just any woman, or is it the one that's assigned to you? Okay. Whoa. And so if it is just a woman or a girlfriend or something of that nature, is this person able to be, to, allow you to cry on her shoulder and mature enough to hold the, the, the napkin up to wipe away your tears and still speak into your life, to still encourage you, to still share with you who they see in you. So speak identity in you, okay? Is number, point number two, 
is, is this person someone that you want to be the person you can cry on their shoulder with? And they truly aren't the person that you desire for them. So in other words, are you putting more value on this person that they, they truly actually hold? Okay. And number three, there's a difference between a woman, a girlfriend, and a wife. Okay. If it's a wife, then I would say if she's turning it around and, and sharing with you what you just shared with her in vulnerability, then I would say it would be to the best, um, yeah. in my opinion, to the best of their ability to seek someone else as far as a wise counsel, someone that could help them be able to be there for their spouse without turning it against them because healthy marriages thrive in my opinion i'm not the expert here but healthy marriages thrive when we can both be naked and not ashamed yeah okay but if you if you feel like you need to cover up around your spouse there's a red a red flag already yeah uh that's powerful because i mean i, I know that in this generation you know that so many superficial relationships we're we're almost at a 60% divorce rate, mm -hmm. I think. And I, I, but, the, but you go, well, why'd you get married in the first place? Well, it's like, oh, but they were everything I thought I wanted at that time. It's like, you know, so the, so we're making very mature decisions in immature states. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's one thing that's scary. The other thing, um, what happens when children show up to the relationship if, if, because I've seen where couples hide behind kids because they never learned how to deal with each other. Mm -hmm. Then when the kids are gone and it's just them, they don't know how to respond to each other anymore. Uh, for listening audience to hear, where is the priority on the family structure to you? It, 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 is it the marriage first, then the kids, or is it the kids first? To me, it's certainly my husband. My husband is first. So the hierarchy is God spouse, children, etc. Okay. Or in our case, child, our child learns from our example. If I put my child above my spouse, then he doesn't have the example of how it looks to be in a godly marriage. He just sees mommy putting him before daddy or daddy putting him before mommy or her, right? That's not proper order in, in reference to how it biblically is stated and how we run our home. Yeah. I think that's such a challenging thing uh, today, especially when we have so many broken families. So then it's like, how do you not create a child, a person, a mate that thinks it's all about them? Especially if, like, if I only have one parent, then obviously my mom Absolutely. is going to make me feel like it's all about me because mm -hmm. that's what she does. So then when I get in a relationship, it's going to be hard for me to consider my spouse, you know, if <laughs> it's all about me. Like, mm -hmm. What do you do for me? You know, what do you bring to the, like, that's a, that's gotta be a, so once that, that dynamic is broken, it has to be pretty challenging. Um, now I, I do know that marriage is a beautiful thing, but again, I, I look at my own mistakes that I've made in the past and I like ne never giving myself time to be alone, you know what I mean? And then bounce from one relationship to the next. And it was like, then I got divorced. It was like, well, got to replace that, you know, like a tire. I got to find me a new wife. <laughs> like, wait, wait, who wants to be that person? That person who wants to be the replacement? You know what I mean? I didn't even realize how it was coming off. You know what I mean? 
but but again, it goes to no one teaching that you know, hey man, you need to take time to heal. What do you say to those people who that we maybe we can help right now uh, before they get married? That 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 does go from relationship to relationship because I think we have such an advantage to help people if we can get this information out before they get married. But they they since high school just had to have a boyfriend, just had to have a girlfriend, and they're going like, how do we help those people? I would again the coach is coming out but i would ask the question of why what how does this serve you what are you running away from okay um is there a reason for your response here or your reaction that's more reactionary if you're hopping from one person to another that's a verb that's actionary reaction and so with that i would also dare to ask not only again how does this serve you but who are you because if you're hopping from one person to another that tells me that you're not taking breather you're not taking breathing space to truly know who you are to know what you desire who you desire and thirdly i would ask is this person who is this oh, God. Okay. I don't know what that was you're fine is this person or do you feel like these people or the next person or the next person is complimenting you or do you think that they're completing you okay because if you're looking at someone as a completion of you then you're telling me you're not whole or you believe you're not whole but if you're looking at this person as a compliment then that tells me that you know you're whole this is more of a behavior that or a habit that you formed that you are looking for someone to compliment you. So let's hold off on the compliments until you are your whole in in yourself, not to continue on with this behavior. Right. And it is thinkandrenew.com, right? Thinkandrenew.com. Because uh, I want everybody to make sure they're able, because this particular subject, since we're trying to prevent, you know, uh, these disasters, I think I want to make sure that people have access to your advice. So I'm going to put this on the little, <coughs> the little ticker where you guys can see the website on how to get in contact with her uh, because this is such a serious situation. And, and maybe you, you get, you're with your friends right now listening to the car. You can't act like it's you, but everyone knows that it's you. And it's a little tense in the car because the person that, like, you might be the new boyfriend right now. You, just, you wouldn't know it, would you? But, but seriously, because it does happen like that, there's a lot of pressure, uh, especially for young people who are in high school, college, I don't know, like, who's always been popular, all that superficial, stupid stuff uh, that you know, does provide some type of temporary peace. However, uh, the disaster that's on the horizon, if we don't deal with this, uh, it leads to children, and broken marriages, it leads to just meanness, bitterness. When, it, when really, it, it, relationship is something that's beautiful. Uh, and 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 uh, I think that if you don't, if 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 we don't get this inner healing right first, mm -hmm. so we talk about devoted. It's like okay, I don't see how a person can become a devoted husband or wife if they're not devoted mm -hmm. to that wholeness that you just mm -hmm. spoke to first. Mm -hmm. So is it fair to say that if you want to be a good husband or wife, 
and I know this mainly speaks to the wife, but so, so speaking to the book, so if I as a man, what you say to women, <laughs> I was just like, it's like nervous if I was like, you are not going to be the wife that you aspire to be until you learn how to love you first. Mm. Is that a fair statement? I would, I would say yes, but I would add to it. We cannot be devoted even to ourselves without acknowledging our creator first. It is through him that we find our identity and it is through our identity that we devote ourselves to the journey that he has placed within us called life. And it is through his journey, the journey that he placed within us, that we can be devoted. So it's it's more like a uh, crescendo mm -hmm. instead of this is the answer. The answer truly is have a relationship with God first and allow him to develop you into the devotion. I don't know how you did that, but I've been trying to put words to that for years. Uh, and you just did it. In, in like Because I'm like... What is it that's making it's only two of us? It's only men and women. Like it's not even that we it's not like we have a whole bunch of choices, it's just men and women. How are we this confused about each other? And it's because one, we're not having the conversation. Uh the other thing is two, there's so many artificial things trying to fill our space that give us false identity. Then by the time we end up in a relationship, which is which is actually valuable, we're dealing with another person and we don't even know how to respond, how to be anymore. Because we I mean, even when you look at what dating is, I mean most of us know the process. You take the girl out of the movie, you open the door, and that's cute and all I get it. But it's like, you know, I'm hearing pastors saying, check the credit, like, bro, check the so what happens if they have money, good credit. They open the door and everything, and they're still a serial killer. Well, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, come on. You know, you know what I mean? What happens if they are rich or it's a girl of your dreams, but she's insecure still? You, you know what I mean? The outward part doesn't matter at all if the person doesn't have themselves together on the inside. You know, if they're if they're demanding or don't know how to talk to people, or they you know, these are, so inner inner development is ultimately the true stability to relating to anyone. Mm -hmm. It is the true stability of the of the being itself. But I will talk to the insecure part because I was that insecure girl. Solomon just has the patience and had the patience to help develop that insecurity by praying, by listening, by giving giving that sounding board and giving the advice. So I can't say just because you're insecure and you're not, not stable on the inside that this is the wrong person. It may be the right person, but are you the right person for this person to help blossom the person on the inside? Right. And, 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 and I, I'm so glad you addressed that, that, it was the patience, but it was also the prayer and everything. Because here, here's my thing is that, uh, again, we all just have to be honest with you. Right? That without the God part, we're not going to. It's just, we don't. It's not. It's oh, not, it's not I, you guys, I'm tripping because I'm watching both of them shake their heads. <laughs> like, not, it's not in you. Like, it has to be given to you. Uh, and, you know, 
when you look at the world today, something as beautiful as marriage, the world doesn't even really want it. Mm. They don't. They don't want. Only the people of God really want this mm. concept of marriage, uh, and it, it, it's it's more like the world saying we just want it because the people like you know what I mean. Like this is God's territory. Relationship is God's territory. Uh, and so I heard a guy say, you know, all humans want relationship. It's just like. Yes, but ultimately, we want that relationship with God. And, and, and when God gave us, it's so interesting that in the creation, one of the first things that he gave us was relationship. And, and, and he did it by taking out of oneself. You know what I mean? So, which means the, the pattern has to become with oneself first, and then you can relate. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I think that's so, even God's desire for relationship, it came out of himself. And then, so there's there's this beauty where, do you, me personally, I don't believe you have to give up your identity. No. And I think this that. is when, when, the, when the world without God tries to interpret relationship, I think this is one of the reasons we're ending up in divorce, mm-hmm. Because you get tired of depleting, especially if you never knew yourself, you get tired of depleting yourself for some other relationship. And then this roar of what about me mm-hmm. is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. You do 10 years of identity theft mm-hmm. to yourself. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny, like, I've given myself to the kids and I know that's my chance. It's my, it's my time now. That's a woman. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's my time now. Look, 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 how do you how do you I mean how would we prevent that by being true to who we are uh, again we have, were never created to give up our identity as a woman as a man or what have you sometimes I think that perhaps we assume that we'll put who we are on the back burner for the for the sustainability of the relationship because I want this relationship but when we choose to give up who we are for the sake of the relationship we're not in the relationship we're looking at the facade or the image of what we see or what we want because if we were in it then we would not have given up or forfeited who we are to have the image that we see and also when we give that up we're causing ourselves or we're we're choosing to go into dissonance which means that i'm simply telling myself that you can't show up in this relationship because you're not good enough to show up in this relationship and still i get what i want okay and so how how would i um choose to coach that i would basically ask the question of what is the relationship that you desire what is the vision of your relationship how do you need to show up so that you could be fully present in the relationship and if you're not married is the person that you're pursuing or the person pursuing you rather a person that can complement who you are okay so here's the thing because of the faith and this is this uh, guys this is the reason why i gotta figure out who i'm talking to uh i gotta figure out uh, to, to direct this next question so before before are you devoted before you get married or is this devoted in like is, are you a wife before you get married 
I think so. The scripture says, and my husband reminds me of this: a man that finds a wife finds a good thing, right? Yeah, so yeah, you yeah, yeah. you He's are a wife. Man. Before you're a wife, you have a mindset, you have the characteristics, you have the, the selflessness, you have all of those things, the attributes of a wife before you have the definition of what a wife is. Okay. So uh so you're so a wife is a wife before you get married. Uh and so th- let's deal with that. So we got that down packed. So then, then then there's a responsibility that she values herself and does not give that away because not everyone deserves that. Absolutely. So that's that, that's the first thing I want to say. Is not everyone deserves you just because you are a wife. No. Because every idiot wants a wife. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, I, I don't know. Like, stop saying words like that. No fools exist, and they would love to have a wife. You know what I mean? Like, please don't be the woman that ends up with a moron because you didn't value yourself. Please don't do that. There's so many good guys looking for good women and they're all taken by these goofballs that wear you out and drain you of your beauty and, and your light. Please, there are these vampires out there that you know just want to just drive you insane. So please value yourself enough before you get married uh, before, to just, you know, know your value. Um, here's the other situation. If there's children involved, if you are married and you're already down the road, and this is a very difficult situation that I've always wanted to ask, but I didn't want to just have this conversation with anybody. If you are a child of God and you are in a relationship and it is toxic, but you don't want to do the divorce thing because you have children, how do you save that? Keep your identity. Like it, 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 it's not going through the motions, but how do we make it real? Mm-hmm. You reference. How do you save that? You you don't want to have a divorce because you have children. I would say that's that's a red flag by itself. Yeah. The children, because you have children, and that's your reason. The children are going to move out of the house and have their <laughs> oh own my. lives. Yeah. And so I would then suggest that you get back to what brought you two together. Now let's rebuild the relationship between the husband and wife first and let that be your reason to stay together because I choose each other. We choose each other. We don't choose just because of the children. So for, you know what? I want to stick with, the uh concept of the book being that it's aimed at women because I, I have daughters and i am being biased i am being, like i am being shady sorry fellas i'm a girl dad uh they're like dukes jacked up man how does so the f word forgiveness you know man violates woman and she's devoted now, first of all, you're talking to a father of a girl. Like, I won't be like, yo, forget him. Come on, baby. You know what I mean? So that's, you know, and and I know she, my, my girls know that as long as I'm alive, they got a place, right? Mm-hmm. But a devoted woman gets cheated on. Is there such thing as forgiveness for real? Or can, can she do that? Or and, and how does she not look stupid or foolish? Why are you tolerating that? Can you just speak to, to that? from the perspective like this is devoted like is that included in it 
Well, I mean the concept from a biblical <coughs> stand, from a biblical standpoint, you have grounds for divorce. So right. it's your choice whether you are staying or leaving. As far as forgiveness, no matter if you stay or leave, forgiveness is still a necessity because whoever you do not forgive, you pack in your purse and you carry with Did you. not see that at all. I wasn't even talking about that. That's phenomenal that you brought that up because it's inevitable that they're connected. It doesn't matter if you leave or stay. Forgiveness has to happen regardless. Good grief. Because that person is attached to you forever if you don't forgive. Okay. So devoted, let's just, for the sake of someone being in this situation right now, because I do feel like that is somebody's listening to it right now who has been cheated on and they are staying because they're devoted, but this is an issue. What does she do? I would say, number one, um, as a suggestion, I would, number one, ask what exactly are the thoughts that's ruminating in your mind that is causing you to have some dissonance in the, the decision that you made to stay? What is the reason you chose to say? Our why is always very essential for us to know and for us to meditate on, because when the trials start to happen when you when you're in that that thick of it you have to be reminded of your reason your the real why, why the real why and the why can't be what well your why is determined off of what you deem important there's right. no can't be anything it's whatever that person deems important and number three i would also state to that uh, to that woman is no one has the power over your life the way that you have power over your life. The Lord has given us free will, free will for our own lives. So if you choose to stay with someone who stepped out, that was your choice. Own it, be present in it, and, and don't feel like you owe someone else an excuse for how you are living your life. Okay. The thing is, ah, uh, See, I'm trying to figure out because you just said no one has the power, and I'm a dad. So I'm like, I got power over my daughter, but it's like, dude, you don't. You're not. You don't. But listen, I got like six months left. My girl turned 18. She can be like, no, dad, I'm trying to harm you. But I'm like, I told her, no, you're not. I try to put fear in her. You know, like, you ain't going nowhere. You stay here with me. And the thing is that she's so used to me. That she's just as crazy as I am now. So it's like, she's like, yeah, that, that, that doesn't scare me. It, it was so awesome when she was five at work. Now she's 17. It's like, that you gonna do that. Shut up. Uh, so, uh, the, so when a woman is cheated on, see, this is where um, this is why it gets confusing as a dad, where I can see why only women can talk to women about certain things. Mm -hmm. Because again, my answer is forgive that dude, come home. But this why thing is really serious. Uh, like, yo, I love him. He messed up, but I love him. There's nothing you can do about that. Now, my girls, I taught someone cheats on you. You know, that's what butcher knives and you know deep freezers are for. <laughs> I'm only telling the truth. But my point is, <laughs> my point is, is that um. Gosh, man, the, the depth of hurt and the woundedness 
And fellas, I know we feel the same too, but this is not about you right now. That's why I said I have to make a distinction on the show of who we're talking to. So we were going to focus on the women uh, because that's something that needs to happen. That's why you wrote the book, Devoted, because being devoted can hurt. You know what I mean? Being the like being devoted, it can hurt. Um, and so things like this can happen. Um, you can do your best and the person is going to respond however they respond, whether it's um, you're devoted, but in that person, your husband's state of being, they're ungrateful and they do step out. They do uh, fall in with the secretary or, or whatever. Those things can happen. Uh, you can be the mother of the children. And, and so, uh, but devoted. So the, this why thing I want to get back to because The reason why I said it can't be, or maybe, but you're saying it can't, that might be my control issues trying to interpret this. You're saying that you can't, wait, no one else can control the why except the person, right? Mm -hmm. So she's the only one that can control the why. Mm -hmm. And so if the why is, I don't want to lose him. My thing is if he doesn't respect you or her, cause I'm, I'm like, talking about, you know, this is how dads think when they have girl girl dads think like this. Like, but you know, this is a conversation I would have with my daughter. Are are you talking to me as a father, saying I need to respect her? Why? I am talking to you as a father and saying you do have to respect her. Why? And also, oh. it is a mindset. Oh. So if they're staying and saying, "Hey, they did this or they cheat or whatever," but I but they still choose to stay there, then the best position i believe as a parent i would assume would be to step back respect them respect their decision because even if you go and rescue them their mindset yeah. is still going it's to be the same yeah. and also i would like to point out that devoted or or a devotion is a mindset of the person not so much of the the actionary or the reaction of what we're doing holy smokes man so because i because devoted people people who you know there are people who are like i'm not letting this marriage go like i married you because i love you because you know people change and go through things i'm talking about listen listen fellas okay it's confession time one of my favorite movies of all time is the notebook bottom line like listen i am a hopeless romantic to be totally honest with you is the truth, man. Is the truth. And honestly, that's why, I, like, and people see even in my work ethic, like, I'm passionate about people and I love people. That's why I, lo I love that I know who I am as a minister of the gospel because it totally gives me. I don't even fake it. That's why the real reason why it was so easy for me to wear coming to Jesus shirt and all that because I want to see people healed. I want to see people prosper. I don't have to fake it. So it's like here comes the Jesus dude. It's like that's right. You know what I mean? Like I unashamedly. The the situation though is. When it comes to the information that I need to for my sisters uh, in such a superficial world, right, uh, that that becomes very frustrating when I watch girls who I know aren't crazy that are in love with a jerk. And oh, it's but here's the crazy, the crazier part is I know the older version of them and they have these beautiful stories because they were devoted to these beautiful stories. And and somehow, some weird way, this jerk, you know, in the 80s and 90s had a turnaround mm -hmm. and 
they and their relationship blossomed. And uh, this generation, people kind of hit the parachute, fly out there, the plane crashes a lot faster. But when you look at all this stuff, that the, the generation of the 50s, 60s, 70s, like divorce wasn't a question. It was like, we're going to work this out. Um, but devoted in a modern generation, it requires the same ingredients mm-hmm. as the old. It's like the story doesn't change. It's just being that consistent. So you can't be, again, you can't be devoted without being in tune with yourself. You cannot be devoted without being in tune with the Holy Spirit and then choosing yourself to right. have that decision to be devoted. And again, it goes back to the mindset and choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. And, 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 okay, Esther, let's use Esther for an example. Because she didn't even want to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what was her, 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 it was her devotion to God that had her with a crazy dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? And her devotion to God had her with this crazy guy. And uh, the, the result of it was that she was able to save her people, right? Um, how does a, how, when, when does a woman know that this, this guy is her assignment? The guy is her assignment. Assignment, like, like, like this. Do you believe in the one? Then there's the one, or is it a principle? Well, for Solomon and I, and I've shared this story before. I was a teenager when I believe the Lord told me that Solomon was the one. Now, over the years, it has been very evident. Then it was like, okay, he's the one, and I, we started dating, and I haven't looked back. But over the years, it has blossomed even the more his temperament complements my, my temperament complements his, my worth ethic complements his, his complements my. So it's over the years, the, uh, the fruit of what the Lord has shared with me as a teenager has been evident in our lives. And so I would say going back to the person or talking to another another sister, it would be, what is the Lord saying to you about this person? If we could take all of our feelings out, our list, if you have a list, our expectation, just remove all of the things yeah. and allow him to shine his revelation light in you. What is he saying? I'm going to say this, ladies, that it is critical that you learn how to hear from God, that you learn how to hear the Father's voice, uh, because the protection mm-hmm. is just unmatched. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard Ty Tribbett's wife say that she was extremely upset. That it's so weird. Ty's right beside her. You know, she's like, you know, before I met you, I was dating this other guy, and I was extreme, extremely upset that God told me to cut it off because he was not a man of God. And she was like, but of course I can change him. I can, she's thinking all the things that she can fix about him, you know, and, and changing God's like, that's not your job. And she had to go through this whole battle, but it was this, she, she was like, but at the end of the day, she realized she was having a conversation with God, not realizing that her husband was coming. You know what I mean? And then Ty shows up in her life as this preacher boy, but he was everything that she, he was everything that she was trying to turn mm-hmm. the, the the gangster guy into. She was trying to turn the he played piano. He was like a she said he was like a D'Angelo. Mm. And she was trying to like D'Angelo versus Ty. I think 
you know, like, whoa, like Ty's the man. He's musically, you know, and so she was, she was in tune, mm -hmm. but she had such an authentic relationship that God could put her in check and he, she had to cut the guy off and then ends up with Ty. And, and, and she's like, whoa, if I hadn't have had this relationship, I would have kept trying yeah. to, do you feel like, how do we tell our women to go after that relationship with God first when there's no really, there's no real promotion of that? All the promotion is find a man, find a love. Like you were telling love stories of kids since, what is it? There's a show called Saved by the Bell. Do y'all remember Saved by the Bell at all? Yeah, see, so I said, my, I keep forgetting that we are not the same, right? Uh, like, but, but Saved by the Bell, it, 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 it really did promote the, the, the struggle of high school relationships. And I know you guys met in high school. So it's, it's kind of like you guys do have the fairy tale relationship. Because that's what was being promoted in, you know, it's like, how do we get that? But, but Saved by the Bell didn't show the God side. Mm. It just shows people dating, and there's Dawson's Creek and everything. All these young relationships. You guys know Dawson's Creek, my friend. You're on the Dawson's Creek, but 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 there's just the complications of being young, trying to figure out this love thing. So let's let's if we were to stick with the girls that before they're married, we would be telling them to stop in their tracks and put God first. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Are we saying put God first even before dating? I would say put God first in general, whether you're dating, picking out the best car, whatever it is, whatever decision that you're making, put the Lord first because he will be able to direct you. Having that relationship with the Holy Spirit will, have, will be able to direct you as you live out your life. My... I heard a preacher ask other preachers to be very careful with calling God father, especially mm -hmm. to women, mm -hmm. because a lot of women don't know their fathers, and a lot of women have had bad experiences with their fathers. How do we talk to that woman who's trying to do things on her own because of not knowing her father or had a bad experience with her father to trust God as a father? Mm -hmm. Then I would tell that woman to go to the Bible let that Bible be the, the voice of the Holy Spirit because it is. It's his voice written out in plain black and white and allow the, the characteristics of our of God to form, to have those images of what his word is saying, who he is, his personality, how he loves on you. Allow that to build that confidence, his word to build that confidence, that trust, that security in you because mm -hmm. he's the creator. He's, he created you. He loves you. And so have confidence in his love for you to know that when you start to hear him or read his word, even the more you can trust what you're reading. Yeah. Cause th that, that, that is, I, I, I was insensitive to a lot of women's experience towards mm -hmm. father. Like I thought father was something that everyone would cherish. I did not know that that could be an offensive term. Mm -hmm uh for women who have had bad experiences with father uh honestly and then from the men's perspective it was the abandonment that like man 
what is it, a father, so he'll leave us just like my dad did. Like it was totally mind blowing that that such that that could happen. But like you said, you've got to let that offense go and kind of get in the the word and let the word be what the word says. Absolutely. And if you need to separate the term father. And just look at him as God. He's that, right? <laughs> and so whatever name that you need to give him, he's God, he's Yahweh, he's 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 all, he is I oh, am. Yeah. So whatever name you want to put that is his name there, use that so that that can build your spirit up. Well, listen, how do people get in contact with you if they, because I can, we have to do this more often because obviously if we want to save America, we have to start with the family. You know, what I mean, you know, like seriously, he's always like America is nothing without families, and these are uh, conversations. The truth is, listen, we can get some coffee and we can do this for twenty four hours straight. You know, what I mean, because we have so many uh, topics to to discuss. Uh, but devoted, I think, is the foundation. Uh, you know, of where <laughs> I mean, that's the, the stability. Uh, but but again. You know, we've got to get this relationship with God down packed first. Uh, but how do people get in contact with you if they want to uh, be a part of your course and coaching? Uh, it'll be Think and Renew. Yep. I had think, think and Renew. Think and Renew. Think and, mm-hmm. and to purchase the book, is it on Amazon? It is on Amazon along with Think and Renew. So it's on the website, um, Think and Renew.com, and Amazon Devoted Tiffany in Hayes is how you will find it. Yeah. Guys, listen, if you. Uh, I would even ask if you are in a situation where you find yourself being, uh, you know, uh, compromised, you know what I mean? Where you're, you're, you know, you can feel that you're addicted to dating and relationships. And it's just because you're afraid of being alone. You know, if, if, you know, especially if you're in your early twenties, it's, it's never too late to get help. But I just want to try to tell them, really feeling led to pinpoint this particular person who's out there listening. If you, you can hear yourself wanting help, but you just don't know how to start. You don't know how to change. This is what I'm saying. If you're listening to this program right now and you know that you need help in the development of yourself and you're using relationship, you know, as a bandaid and you're, you're, you're using relationship as a drug. This is someone that can help you kind of deal with that and, and, uh, help you walk through, I, I won't say correctly because only the spirit of God can do that, but help you calibrate it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, calibration, you know, it's like, hey, let me let me guide you back on, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and so, guys, I, I don't believe, before we just throw away the concept of marriage, I believe marriage can be saved, but there's just some, some steps that we need to take. Is there anything you want people to know before we go? Um, just to thank you for the opportunity um, to share and remember that devotion um, or being devoted is a mindset first of the individual, not the concept of the couple. Gotcha. So, guys, dude, you have to be back on the show because we have so much more to uncover and so much more to un- unpack. Thinkingrenewed.com, guys. Uh, please get there. And uh, she's so full of wisdom. And she's just such a great person. And uh, uh, you guys both, I know you guys didn't hear from Solomon, but you will. Uh, but, you know, this is about her. It ain't about him. <laughs> All right, guys. I love you guys very much. Be good to each other out there. And and, and remember, again, 
uh, Think and Renew is uh, thinkandrenew.com. Uh, please, please, please take advantage of the resources that are available up there because uh, she does such, she's such a thoughtful person. Can you like think, first of all, think about what it's like to really be interviewed by me. I'm bombarding you with questions that people ask me what kind of questions you're going to ask. I never tell them because I don't even know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what to say. And she stops. She won't even, she stops and well, let's go back. You know, I asked her like 90 questions in one breath and she answers them all because she's thoughtful. <laughs> Genius. Right, but I want you guys to, to, to make sure you reach out and uh, connect with Tiffany Hayes and uh, thinkandrenew.com. Okay, thinkandrenew.com. If you want to see this interview, it's actually on Coming Soon Jesus t-shirts and currentfm.com as well as YouTube on Real Life with Duke White. I love you guys. Be good to each other out there. And uh, eat lots of lemon meringue.